I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? (laughs) Of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross-country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts, and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street, and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Music. Everybody there in whew, YouTube, Spreaker, damn, C2C Radio Show is live and on the air. It's Sunday night. It's a 30. Why not? It's time for Corner to Corner. And hey, I'm your host, Stan Grubb, and my tag team partner, there he is. Holy jeez, so flip. He's right there on my right, sort of your left, or I don't know. We're learning this camera thing. It's a doctor of desire. Brian Taylor is here. Brian. How's it going, bro? What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, I don't know about this whole camera thing because, <laughs> uh, yeah, it brings out the the ugliness in you. Uh, you know, I, I it was only a matter of time before we made our television debut. I mean, let's be real. Corner to corner is big in Japan. Big in Japan. We're big in Japan, and we are. I mean, we have been picking up speed. I'm really proud of the work we've done. Um, and now, PW247Radio.com. Boy, oh boy, it's a big deal. And uh, no, we're not going to be standing in front of any maps of the United States. We're time to talk about wrestling, y'all. It's that pro wrestling, y'all. Y'all. I get distracted by that little crawl at the bottom. <laughs> 
It says, listen to... Oh, don't read the screen. Sorry, don't read the screen. Don't read the screen. Don't read the screen. So, man, uh, we got a lot to talk about. Let's first, let's dive in. Wow, I just realized my mic is super loud. So to those of you at YouTube, my apologies. Sorry. We'll try a little quieter. Okay. Yeah. So, man, Brian, how's your week been? How have you handled election mania? Uh, well, you know, don't violate uh, rule number two, but you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not touching rule number two, although I will, I will have to say if there's one, one impropriety on either side, the whole thing should be thrown out and let's do it again. You know, I would be okay with that in all sincerity. If they truly find that the dude, there's true shenanigans, do it, do a runoff. I'm fine with that. Um, you know, like you said, not to go too deep down that rabbit hole, but you know, if it, if there's a reason to do it, then do it. You know, yes. <laughs> what else we got to do here in 2020? Alex Trebek is yeah. gone. <laughs> Damn it, we miss you, Alex. So, will that end Jeopardy, or will they find a replacement? Because I don't know how you find a replacement. That's a good question. I I honestly am not sure. Um, you know, I hope I kind of hope not. Because you can't you can't replace a guy like Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek is he's a mainstay, dude. He's he is Jeopardy. So if you put you know like uh, Drew Carey to read the questions or the answers, it's be like no, you, you can't do that. That, that. that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't think it would work either. I mean, if if you can imagine. You know, the, the kind of shock at all that 2020 has already put in front of us. Uh, you know, you, then you look at, jeez, oh, freaking Alex Trebek is gone. You know, it's bad enough. You, you took from us the ability to go to the movies. You took from us the ability to go to a live wrestling show. You know, damn it. <laughs> can, you, can you stop taking stuff? What's wrong with you, 2020? Well, the problem is what would they give us back? Ooh, what would you, they give? You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what 2020 would give us, but <laughs> it probably wouldn't be anything good. If you're a TikTok user, there's a a very funny TikTok of Mother Nature, and she talks about what she's going to give back and or take away, or what she's going to do for us. It's pretty humorous. Um, you know, here we are, grumpy old men talking about TikTok, but whatever. No, you're talking about TikTok. No, I'm you're not a TikTok. I want to see. I want to see the Brian Taylor TikTok. <laughs> no, it's not long enough, dude. It, Thirty seconds, ten well, seconds. 15, you get you like get that. fifteen seconds in a minute, so you can choose one. I mean, a minute you can do a lot in a minute. You can do a lot. Sure, in a minute. I could do oh, a lot yeah. in a minute. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's illegal. Yeah. Can't do that on TikTok. Uh, hey, if you are checking us out, whether it's in replay or on live right now through YouTube.com, thank you. Thank you so much for checking out Corner to Corner. We're at C2CRadioShow.com, and we are live whew, live right now and on PW247Radio.com. Uh, it's been, a, it's been a, a few weeks. We've been a little busy. We had uh, Rob, who has, has transitioned into home ownership. Congratulations to Mr. Rob. And, of course, you know, we are 
always happy to talk about what we love, and that is professional wrestling. We talk about everything here. We talk about WWE, Ring of Honor, AEW, of course, New Japan Pro Wrestling when time permits. Impact, of course. Impact is still around. Uh, you know, Heath Slater, uh, Heath made a great transition, and unfortunately he's recovering now from surgery as he got a, a hernia in the middle of a battle royal at Bound for Glory, which absolutely sucks for him. I, I feel bad for that guy. Oh, yeah, uh, especially a hernia, depending on what kind it is. Oof. That's quite painful. According to him, it's very similar to the one The Rock got at WrestleMania when he took on Cena. Um, so his abductor muscle was torn right off the bone. I would say that probably hurts. Yeah, that's, that's, that's bad. That's very bad. Um. Hey, Brian, we are dedicated players of WWE Supercard and both Xbox Xbox Live for Battleground, WWE Battlegrounds. Uh, this week, news broke that Battlegrounds has three, three new characters to play with. Um, of course... Well, it may only be the two, though. Okay. All right. We'll leave so, the third one out. So, as we've heard it, and, and as we saw on... Uh, WWE's social media, and of course, um, shoot, uh, <laughs> every wrestling news site, every dirt sheet that you can imagine. Uh, anyway, what we've found out is Bill Goldberg and the Beast. No, not the Beast. The Animal. There we go. The Animal yeah. Batista. I want to hit a Batista bomb. That that I want to do. No, I... I... I think I want to. I think I want to get a spear, and just like be able to shoot them pew out the ring. You think you I want to be able to hit them hard enough so I can shoot them? Can you spear them into the alligator? Mm, probably not. <laughs> but the alligator is a cool function. Yeah, I. It took me a minute to figure out how to get somebody to the alligator. Like it was actually making me mad. I'm like, this is pissing me off. Just get to the damn alligator. But it, it worked. <laughs> I finally got him there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I think I'm at like eighty something. Okay. As far as the the matches go, I haven't quite finished it. But, Damn. Um, this will give me a good reason to go back and finish it. So I've put it off for a few other things, but it's still a fun game to pick up every once in a while. Well, you've just you're just a dedicated player. I mean, that's all there is to it. You're a lot more dedicated than me because that's a. I think I'm at thirty percent, maybe. Oh yeah, I mean, I think I probably uh, zipped right through it once I got it. I didn't. I didn't have too many losses. I had one or two, but uh, it wasn't really some of the areas that other people had problems with. I think so far the toughest spot was. Actually, it was the cage match against Jake Roberts. So I think that's in Mexico. Yeah, you I think might be right. I think it's in Mexico because you're the witch doctor character. Um, you know, it, Battlegrounds has been out for what a month and a half, two months now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so I think spoilers wise, we're safe. But if you're in the witch doctor portion of the storyline, which I mean, this is a really extensive storyline, so I'm really not really spoiling too much. Um, you get to a part where you have to take on uh, Jake Roberts in a steel cage match, and the toughest part of the cage match, which is actually one of the coolest parts, is that it's electrified. 
So when you're climbing up the cage, you got uh, 30 seconds, I think, to get up that cage. And if you're not up there, the cage starts to – you get an alarm, and then all of a sudden it lights up, and, and you're done. You're toast. Boom. Shocked right off the cage. Um, I do – I do think, though, the cage, once you figure it out, um, shouldn't take you too hard to get up over it. Um, there's a spot It's uh, when you get to the females that was hard for me. Yeah. I think there was one match that I had to do multiple times. until It's just one of those ones where if, if you don't, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but so literally I had to get dirty and play those dirty tactics. And eventually, I was able to get a, a, a count out in order to move past it. Oh, wow. Um, but that was after several attempts. So um, the women, the, the game kind of gets a little little dirty on you where, I mean, like you can be beating them and the next thing you know, they hit their specials and, you know, finishers and it, it's just consecutive and there's nothing really you can do about it. Yeah, I, I think that the one thing I've noticed so far has been the challenging parts. The, the, the unlockables is really the challenge. It's not necessarily the, um, it's not necessarily the ability to just progress in a storyline, but it's actually more along the lines of getting that one step further. So if you're unlocking, uh, an extra move set or statistics for your character, to me, that seems to be when the matches are the hardest. Um, not, again, I didn't really have a problem till much later. Uh, I, I, I didn't really have a problem till I got to the to the women. There's a section with the women, and it's all women. Uh, that's where I really started to have a problem. Um, but I do like that you can go to a different uh, story number, I guess you call it. Mm-hmm. And you can unlock different things on almost every every one of them. Yeah, I like being so able you can to unlock characters and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like being able to do that. Being able to access um, all of the hidden stuff, all the hidden feats is super cool. I like being able to um, kind of delve out into the different pieces instead of having to just to follow that single that single spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, to me, though, with the unlocks, it almost makes you feel like you're earning something. Yeah. So. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think with the exception of superstars, when you unlock a superstar, you can almost kind of see, you know, where the progression is going to take you. Yeah, I think that's been the f- most fun for me has been just uh, – well, that in the cartoon aspect of it, the just the the crazy zany, you know, parts of it, do the little macho mm-hmm. thing, zany. <clears throat> but yeah, it's definitely pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, speaking of that, I'll have to admit, um, I think I think when it first came out, and I was excited. Then you kind of talked me out of it. Then you talked me back into it. Uh, but after getting it in my hand and. Um, you know, given a whirl on the Xbox, um, I do kind of like the cartoonish look and feel to it. Yeah. Um, better, a whole lot better than I thought it would. 
I think the the playability really surprised me. I wasn't expecting it to be so much fun. As a matter of fact, you're right. I, I was like, man, I'm not playing this. This looks cartoonish. It doesn't look like it's any fun. But the reality was, no, it was actually a lot of fun. It was. Um, uh, my, my real quick, uh, oh, your your little background stuff keeps stopping on you. Ooh. Just making sure it didn't freeze permanently on you. No, don't do that. We're yeah, learning OBS it. here. It's it's a, a brand new world. It's a whole new world. Just like Disney says it really is. Stop giving away secrets. It's not secrets. What if people are listening? Who's listening? What if somebody's listening and eating a Hot Pocket? Oh, Jesus. Um, I don't think his you internet can pick us up. You know we have stalkers. <laughs> you know we have stalkers. Well, the Jacksons, but, you know, that's just because of everything we've seen so far. Well, you don't uh, think he watches yeah. us? I mean, come on, we're we're not we're too small time. It's a mid Atlantic money maker guy, you know. We were, we're just us. And then you and then you said it. I know you gave him airtime, and then I you did. gave him airtime. You started it. No, but nobody knew I was talking about. It. They the just wish, knew he liked hot pockets. The Wish dot com version of the Million Dollar Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite comparison. <laughs> so, Brian. Aside, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, let's keep with it, right? So, aside from Battleground, which, again, I, I think that's going to be cool. I am looking forward to that. Um, season 7. Season 7 of Supercard is coming up. Um, we've been playing Supercard since it came out in 2014. These guys are killing it with keeping the game moving, keeping things active and entertaining. And it looks like we've got some innovations coming up with this time around. It, this could be a lot more fun. Uh, yeah, so I think it'll be a lot more fun. However, it is uh, Cat Daddy. It is super card. Oh, you so, mean Cash Daddy. Yeah, something tells me that all the hoopla and, you know, all this about we're going we're gonna to give you the chance to be winners now Woo! is still going to be nothing but a bunch of smoking mirrors bunch of hooey yeah a bunch of hooey but i i will say i'm i this is probably the first season since season number one that i'm actually excited to be playing supercard so this is not a reset that they've done it is no well there's a lot of different pieces so we'll kind of go over it the the breakdown of battleground points p versus p points uh, money in the bank contracts, the bank. and there's another piece I'm missing. Uh, King of the Ring? No, no, no. No, not King of the Ring. Those, those are the main components, though. The PvP, the Battleground, and Money in the Bank, those are all converting to what's called Super Coins. Super Coins is basically going to be a more unified currency to make it easier for us that don't want to pay billions and billions of dollars make it easier for us to actually get our hands on the the rare cards. Like uh, the event cards through Money in the Bank right now is Hell in a Cell, and it's Sasha Banks and Elias. Now, I don't know about Elias, but Sasha Banks' card looks amazing, and I want that background. But can't get it because I'm not willing to sit there and play hours amongst hours uh, just to earn, what is it, 15,000, 25,000 contracts again? Who the hell? No, that's the, but that's just for one 
So to pro, oh, we yeah, need yeah. about 50, probably 51, 52. Yeah, and the formula think, for pro yeah, hasn't been good. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. It takes too long, in my opinion. Well, plus the math. The math on the on, on proing a card right now pisses me off. You got, like, WrestleMania 36 came out. It really started to stand out. As soon as you started to see him slowly tick over 2 million. So you work hard. You finally level up all the way. You know, you're at max level in the game. And then you start leveling up your cards, training up your cards. And you pro them, and you only get, instead of 2.4 million or 2.5 unfortified, it's 2.2. It's like, what the hell? Like, what's the point of even proing a card if that's how you get right at the beginning? Now, granted, you train them up, you, you do the performance center, and then if you can get more, you fortify them, and you can ultimately get to there. But that takes, with the top deck, with your top eight, that takes, what, another month? Maybe two? Uh, uh, normally doesn't take me that long, so I'll have spurts where I'll sit down, and if I get the right card uh, that I, I may need to pro, one of my top, uh, well, actually, it's, it's top six because uh, two of the eight are uh, enhancements or wh- whatever. They're, they're not really like your uh, debt cards, right? So if you look at your top eight, two of them are uh, enhancements or whatever they're called. Um, so, but if I if I let's say like uh, SummerSlam AJ, if I have one, and then I get a second one, well, I may sit there and in a night knock out a hundred games to level up that AJ, so I can then pro them. Right. And you know, so a lot of times it comes. You know, it all depends on the card. If I get to pull a card, um, if I pull, um, you know, if I if I have a specialty card, I'm definitely going to try and knock it out in one night, depending on what time it is I pull it. Um, but I, I, I mean, I've been known to um, get pretty close to leveling up two cards completely in one night if you know the mood is right and the time's right when I when I get them. Yeah, I think a lot of things when when you start playing through Supercard, the first thing that you notice is, and people have said this about a lot of 2K's card games, so NBA 2K, um, I, there's not an MLB, but there's another one. Um, shoot, I'm just drawing blanks all over the place today. Hockey? Hockey. Sir, hockey. Think, yeah, NHL. Now, NHL is actually a lot of fun to play, so if you get an opportunity to check it out, um, it's it's made by 2K Games, so it's the same company. And Cat Daddy, I think, makes that one as well. Maybe they make all three. Um, but the keys that I'm noticing is that the pay-to-play is a bigger bonus point right now. Before Season 7 hits, right now, pay-to-play is more prevalent than um, you know just free play. Which, I mean, I get it. It's it's a business. It's designed to make money. So you, you push a little bit. You create these stretch goals. With Season 7, the overall goal that Cat Daddy and 2K has described is to make Supercard more of a collector game and more stable over a long period of time. Which, think about it. I mean, seven years for an online game, for one, and then... Um, 
for a mobile game is huge. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. Oh, yeah, especially like a card game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would imagine like uh, a Marvel or DC type game would probably last. Mm-hmm. Uh, Candy Crush is probably going to last. Um, but there, I mean, there are so many that will eventually fall by the wayside. But uh, I am glad they're reinventing the wheel without reinventing the wheel, yeah, so to speak. Um, so hopefully, though, it'll become more. Um, uh, it'll become easier uh, to to level, right? So I've never really been able to because I don't I don't really pay. Right. So I right, may right. I may spend a hundred bucks a year, you know, on, on a pack, you know, whatever. That's um, actually really impressive because, yeah, unfortunately, I spend way too much. Yes. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> so but, I, you know, again, and that's normally around Christmas when I have it. Yep. So uh, hold on, let me trying to adjust there. Um, so but I'm not I'm not a pay to play. Yeah, but I do I do pretty good right now. <laughs> Get out of there! What? All right. <laughs> I had a piece of hair or something in there. Hey, this is live, so, baby. We're live. I know we're live. Man. We're live, pal. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> You're uh, fine. So anyway, so yeah, I normally get within arm's reach of being the max level when the new season starts. Yeah. And again, right now I'm uh, SummerSlam Plus. So I'm like within arm's reach of starting this next season, Mm -hmm. ready to go. And I I can never get, um, uh, what's the one, the one mode where you, where you have to go through like eight different cards. Oh, ring domination. Uh, Yeah. Is it? No, no, no. Not ring domination. The ones where you start with, like, say, a beast, and then you go to the next one, and oh. it would ultimately end. Um, road to glory. I, I don't have. Yeah, that's it. I've never been able to get a road to glory deck so that I can capture the last card. I mean, I've been like halfway through the second to last card, but I, you know, in in, in that mode, once you hit that wall, you you're pretty much stuck. Yeah. Especially when you get up all the way up to the top. So I don't know how well we play, but right now we're at SummerSlam 20 plus. Yeah, well, so because of your background there, buddy, you just literally blocked yourself out. Ah! That phone didn't. You can't see me like John Cena. Yeah. No, you put it, <laughs> hold it back. Hold it back from the camera. No, put it in front of your face. There you, there you, no, don't put it too close. There you go. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Right there, right there. <laughs> um, I did discover that Facebook, Facebook actually has the ability to play SuperCard now through the browser. So right. hey, there will be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's going to be some gameplay videos coming up uh, sometime. I don't know when, but sometime. Yay! Stan's going to play gameplay videos. You get to see me suck at this game. <laughs> I love I love games on my phone. I like anything that can kind of help me, um, you know, ch- change focus for a second to kind of relax. 
So SuperCard, I mean, it's if I got my phone in my hand, you can see it here. I'll just be tapping the screen. Just, just no, tap, you're, tap, you're, tapping away. Because yeah, of your, your green screen background, your phone yeah. disappears on you. Ooh, oh, that's good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you keep flashing it, and it's not there. Ah, oh, jeez. That's not good. That's not good. This is this is the problems of modern technology, sir. Only yours. It is. Yeah, you should have put it on background blur like mine. He's right. Damn it. Son of a. I could do that though. The coolest part had of that. Boom. Had I known we were we were gonna be doing this, I'd have gone upstairs. <laughs> hey, I'd have gone to I the I love surprising you with new yes. technology and new stuff. Surprise. New exciting stuff. <laughs> surprise. Hey, and speaking of surprises, well, maybe it's not really a surprise, Brian. Um, hey, guess what was on last night and may have taken the nomination for pay per view of the year? Guess. Guess what it was. You'll never guess. AEW. That's right, baby. Full, Full gear. gear. Damn, what a show. What a show, man. Um, first off, I was blown away by uh, Serena Deeb, but I was really blown away by Nyla Rose and how much she's improved. And we're going to talk about that. I want to do this in order. I want to be fair. And, of course, we're going to work with reading some of the results through WrestlingHeadlines.com. We did both watch the show. We watched it in its entirety. Um, But just to keep us on pace and keep us in order, I'm going to use that as a reference point. So if you see me diving down, that's that's me reading. So so you're going to be diving down with the mic that close to your mouth. Wait, wait, what? No, no. Hey, what? No. That's not what we do here. You're going to wind up sticking yourself in the eye with that. Jeez, son of a... Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's hold it away. You know, just make sure if you dive down, you don't be like, poke yourself. So, I mean, oh, there's just so much news. First off, hey, how cool, how cool is it that we now get to finally call Cody, the American Nightmare, Cody freaking Rhodes. Thank God. It was getting dumb to not call him Cody Rhodes. Yeah, so I wonder what ultimately happened with that. So that news actually broke last Wednesday. Wednesday, uh, Wednesday morning, and he announced yes. it later in the evening. Yeah, yeah, he, and he I, I don't remember if it was on Dynamite or if it happened after the show went off air, and then he did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he announced it last Wednesday that he yep. now has the Rhodes name. Yeah, I mean one one of the most powerful parts of AEW in coming to be was knowing that you had the legacy of the Rhodes family seriously involved mm-hmm. with being back down south, back in the Atlanta, Florida region in that area, but having wrestling kind of returning to its roots in that regard. And Cody has always held held his family name, but also wrestling in high regard. You know. WWE has no problem saying they are sports entertainment, and they'll say that freely. They don't worry about it. As a matter of fact, pro wrestling used to be you couldn't even say it on the show. Now they don't care so much, but we all know the deal. So AEW comes around, and Cody, he leaves WWE to go on his own, finds out that uh, his last name, copyright, copyrighted. 
Don't know why they would do that except to make money off his name. And you'd think when a guy leaves, unless it's like... Like, Goldust, I understood. Like, if he wanted to be... If Dustin wants to be Goldust, that's a WWE character. I get it. Right. But Dustin Rhodes was Dustin Rhodes before he ever touched the WWE. To right. me, it makes sense to give him back his name. But, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not into contract law. Well, I, that's true. Um, and hopefully for those coming up in the business now, they can learn that lesson. Yes. Uh, however, if it's me and my last name was Rhodes, mm-hmm. I don't think I would sign a contract unless I kept that when I left. Yeah. Uh, one of the big things that Samoa Joe and CM Punk were very smart about was, okay, fine. When we're done, we're done. That's whatever. But the, my name is my name. You're not getting my right. name. AJ Styles, right. same way. You know, he follows their lead in that regard. Um, who is another guy? James Storm, Bobby Roode. You know, these are guys that they had to keep because if you call Bobby Roode, uh, you know, John Smith, it's not going to have as much weight. So you have to keep right. that name. Now, granted, they may have done some trademarking now, but I digress. So, Well, yeah, but I, I would think you'd be able to circumvent that because you, you used it for so many years prior to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That even even if they did it now, you would be able to show that, you know, you were conducting business under it for some time. So I would think they'd still he'd still be able to use it. But uh, I mean, there are very few names that that equal roads. Yeah. And you know, I to me again if. My last name's Rhodes. I might have even would have passed on the, the company if you know if they were if I thought they were even going to try and take it. Yeah. Um, and there, I you know people may say, well, there wouldn't have been you know spots for them. Well, that's not true because we did have ROH, we did have Impact, um, New Japan. He could have made his name all over the world still. Um, yeah. He didn't. You know, you don't necessarily have to go WWE. Well, I always use the Billy Kidman reference. You know, Kidman, here's a guy that, you know, he was pretty popular at WCW, but where the hell else is he going to go if once they closed down, there was nowhere else for him to go. He gets to WWE, and they they let him wrestle in independence until he comes in for his debut, but they won't let him use his name. So let's just cut the guy's legs out. He can't make any money unless he's on our TV. And, I again... I do understand, but at the same time, it's like, come on, man, you're you're screwing this guy, and it's it's unnecessary. But I don't think they care. Anyway, so <laughs> no, I'm they not, don't. Let's, let's, they don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> However, though, Jesus. I don't. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to set you up in a bad spot here. Uh, you know. Uh, so uh, I. It is what it is. You know. But let let's just jump right in the. I'm gonna say I'm gonna save you here, and let's just jump into <laughs> AEW's pay per view. Brian's saving me for myself here. What a guy! Yeah, what a hero. <laughs> that's uh, that's what we do. Full gear, you know, starts off 
with the buy-in, of course, every pay-per-view for Full Gear. And Brian, <coughs> since the debut of AEW, as much of a hard time as you give me for being a bobblehead, and there are times where I am, um, I have put my money out there for AEW. And I've always been pleasantly surprised with it. There's only been a couple times where I was like, geez, what's going on? But even then, it was limited. So Full Gear, wow. They start the buy-in, 7 o'clock, and they start in a hot fashion with Serena D defending the NWA Women's Championship against former NWA Women's Champion Allison K. Now, if you're wondering, what the hell? What, what just happened? Well, Allison K is formerly NWA Women's Champion, but Serena Deeb actually beat Thunder Rosa two weeks prior. So mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa is out of the picture. And Serena Deeb, wow, what a showing for the champ. And, and so happy for her because of how good she looks on TV now. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, not only that, but I mean, I don't know if her name has been etched in the lineage of that title before now. But her name is now etched in the lineage of right. that title. That th- th- So, to me, right, when you talk of titles, mm-hmm. right, there is none higher than an NWA title. Right. Right? It, it, it doesn't matter to me. The NWA... World Heavyweight title, the NWA Tag Team titles, the NWA Women's titles. If you're if you're if you're a wrestling fan, those are the holy grails, right? Those are what you strive for. It's it's not the to me it's not the WWE title, right? Right. As prestigious as it is, as big as it is, to me it's that. NWA title, because if you look at the history, if you look at the names attached to that belt, they're bigger than any other title out there. The legacy of the NWA, the legacy of, well, even WCW after NWA, um, and the legacy of what AEW has done with their championships up to now in their history has been fabulous. I mean, it's really blown me away. Um, mm-hmm. And to see Serena Deeb, a woman who... I mean, I think it's not its not understating it to say that Serena Deeb was sold way short in WWE. And when they had an opportunity with her, they instead made her a, a coach, which, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that she can't be an effective trainer and coach, but what I'm saying here is that the timing for that was just all wrong, and she had a lot to give still. Now, I understand she had some issues, all right? Let's remember that in 2010, she's part of the Straight Edge Society. She has some run-ins with the law because of DUI. It happens, right? It's kind of part of life. But right. when she gets fired, she comes back, and they say, look, we're not going to put you on TV. You're going to be a trainer. In my mind, as just a fan, I'm like, man, I think maybe she's going to be done. But we find out that through the Mae Young Classic and then later into AEW that not only is she not done, but, bam, she's got a lot to give. And her match with Allison K. wow. I was Allison Kaye's great. Uh, she was great as Sienna in Impact. She's great now. Um, 
But Serena Deeb really stepping up her game and showing true to form why she's champ. Yeah. Uh, so I thought the match was okay. But again, to me, the story here is Deeb holding that title. Mm-hmm. So I, I went, you know, you got to kind of grasp your, your head around this, right? So far as I know, she's under contract with AEW. Right. Right. And the NWA said, man, not only can we put air title on somebody from another company, mm-hmm. but that we trust her enough to live up to what we expect from the NWA title. Right. Right. Because she could very easily like, shenanigans could be played here right but to me she seems like she is such a professional that she's not gonna she's not gonna allow it right so she takes that pride in that title and she's gonna live up to the standards of another company mm-hmm. while defending it in in her home company and hopefully we're going to continue to see this belt defended by her i think uh thunder rosa comes out again at the end of the match um so somewhere down the line of course we'll get a rematch there but i mean hopefully they're gonna let it be defended on on dynamite yeah or dark more times until you know hopefully leading up into february what i think we've seen with with serena deeb and with the nwa is that First off, what we already knew, and that's Tony Khan is totally okay with working with AEW and other promotions. He wants to right. see it. As a matter of fact, I get the feeling. Wait. You, oh, don't! Uh, I was going to no, say, no. don't spoil it. I get okay. the feeling we're going to see more of this. Is what I was going to say, but yes. I can okay. see where you're All going. Right. So again, right. Serena Deeb defeats Allison K in a submission. Um, first off, the chain wrestling in that match really good. Um, and I feel honestly, I feel like Serena Deeb is only right now just just this close to hitting her stride, and we're really going to be in for a treat. So after the fact, just like Brian says, Thunder Rosa comes to the ring. There's a confrontation, and we start getting some of the video uh, lead up to the Full Gear pay per view. Um, Cinderella's don't know what you got till it's gone. Uh, I never really thought I'd hear that song in relation <laughs> to a tag team. Oh, not just a tag team on a on a wrestling <laughs> promo. Right, right. Right. Like what? And I yeah, I'm not sure on like any hits online. Mm-hmm. But everybody I've heard talk about that, they love that. Yeah. And they absolutely love that it's that song used on that promo. And I, I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Well, I think it's the 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 general viewer of AEW. It's they watch BTE, they watch being the elite. They keep up with you know Brandon Cutler and the D and D game. They keep up with uh, um, you know Brandy's drinking and cooking game. I mean, oh, not game, but show. They're, they keep up with everything on YouTube, so everything is quote unquote in character, and they just let it roll. And that's why. And we'll talk about it more in depth, but that's why when you see a guy like John Silver, the first thing you do is you're like, God, this guy's hilarious. And then you see him in the room, right. you're like, uh, 
what the hell? Because you don't, yeah. you, no one expected him to perform the way he did last night. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I got my thoughts on that when we get to it. Yeah. Because first, first is like so perhaps a match of the year candidate. Yeah. In the Hangman Adam Page and the Cleaner. Kenny Omega. I couldn't believe they started the actual pay-per-view with this match. I mean, it was a hot uh, start, and it was a... Tr- oh, the match itself was great, but damn. <laughs> what a so, I, to me, I, I'm, I, I'm fine with it, and my thought process would be is... I, I would want that to be one of these matches that is, you know, in my mind, if I'm Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes and Paige and, you know, all these guys that are, you know, uh, doing this match behind the scenes, I want that to live up to everybody's expectation. Right. Right. Because we have in, in Kenny Omega, the, the guy that everybody on the Internet is whining over. Oh, he's not the same Kenny Omega as New Japan. He's not this. He's not that. Why doesn't he do this? Da, 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 da. Yeah. Right. We have Adam Page, who at one time was touted to probably be the first, uh, you know, uh, AEW champion. Mm-hmm. And that was what we were all expecting. Right. Yeah. And to me, Omega is. If, if I'm going to put him on a scale, Omega is higher on the scale than Page. Yeah. Right. Not not by much. Right. But but higher. Right. And so then you then you trick us and you, you put them in a tag team and then you give them the titles and then you start playing the little games, you know, where, oh, is somebody going to turn or they're not going to turn. Oh, Omega's getting upset, you know, mm-hmm. with Paige's yeah. drinking yeah. and, you know, all this. And then it leads to Paige getting thrown out of the elite and. Omega not really talking to him, and then the tournament happens, and you, you just know right off the bat, right? Yeah, something's going on. You know where this is going to end. Right, this is right. going to end with Paige and Omega, and it's a it it's to me, it was a very beautiful story, yeah. right? And and for those of you who don't know, this is the way wrestling used to be in the eighties. The early '90s and the '70s, you would have these great long build-ups, right? That culminated exactly where you knew they were going to go, but you just couldn't wait to get there. Right. And oh, I mean, it was—I think it was quite possibly match of the year contender. And I don't think that within their thought process. Because you knew they wanted to just go out there and just tear it down. Right, right. If you had put that up against Moxley mm-hmm. and Kingston, I think you get in that situation where that roller coaster goes too high, drops too low, it goes too fast. There'd be so much emotions coming out of that match that you probably wouldn't pay attention to Moxley and Kingston. Right. And, it, you know. So I would imagine that's like, well, let's just put it on first. Let's get it over and done with. And let's just go tear it down and give everybody else, you know, the, the let them see and let's build on this particular match. 
right, right. Uh, you know, would be my thought process why it was first. Well, in, in the athleticism that was displayed, we finally get a true look at what Kenny Omega is capable of. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I watched his matches in the tournament, and I have to admit, I was really aggravated by him. I, I liked the squash at the beginning in the first round, but when you get to that next round, it needs to be something different. And I would have liked to have seen as much as... Okay, I get it. it. It has to be, you know, lots of near falls. But I get tired of that. I just would have liked to have seen a more... Because they're they're still not 100% committed, at least on television, as to what Kenny's doing. But I would have liked to have seen a more, you know, F you, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be the cleaner and win. But so, he was still ruthless. Don't get me wrong. Right. I think they're committed. But again, Kenny's story is not finished yet. Right, right. Very right? true. And, and this is where uh, I, I think if he had faced Phoenix like he was supposed to, mm-hmm. it probably would have been another. Not It wouldn't have been as bad as the week before as far as the squash. Right. But he would have handled Phoenix very well. Right. Yeah. Then it would. It probably wouldn't have been much in the offense from Phoenix. I think they would have just kept building on what they'd done the week before. But now you throw in uh, Pentagon. And it's a different thing. So you can't just have them destroy Pentagon. Right. You know. You got to have. You got to have a more uh, more conventional match. I think that's what you get. And uh, so, you know, again, I think injuries come into play here. And I don't, I don't think we're going to see the cleaner fully 100% until he wins in February. Right. And well, then you're going to see that nasty, ruthless Kenny. Yeah, I think, I think you're right on that. So. I, I feel like there's, there's, there's always going to be room for, for Kenny Omega to be more ruthless because he's just that good. And we already know right. that because he's that good, we can expect that he's going to do what Kenny Omega does, really. Right. Yeah. I, and again, so there's been reports that this year you're going to see Kenny Omega pushed into that role, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of holding that company on his shoulders and pushing it into year number three. Right. And I, th- I you know, again, this is I, I don't think the story's finished written. And I honestly don't think it's finished between the two of them. Right, right. Based off what we'll see later on uh, in the night. However, I, 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 again, I'm going to tell you that I think this is match of the year candidate. Um, oh, wow. Really? Again, yeah, I, I, I think it has to be. I, I think there are, um, there are very few that this had it all. This had the story, right? Mm-hmm. This had the build-up. This Definitely. had the story. Uh, this had a very competitive, hard match mm-hmm. that neither one of them, there weren't hard, uh, many mistakes. You know, there weren't many slip-ups. This was very well put together. Right. Um, and they brought it. I, I, I mean, they actually brought it. Yeah. And th- it shows you why there's so much faith in both of them this this match alone 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's a true feel. I mean, with what we've seen with um, with Kenny Omega in New Japan, and, and I think the fans that are angry or, or unhappy with Kenny Omega in AEW are forgetting that this, one, this is the United States of America. Wrestling in America is, is just different. It's not better or worse or whatever. I don't give a sh- I don't care about that. It's it's different. So you're not going right. to see Okada Omega 50, you know, in in the, the US right now. It's just not they're not there right. yet. But what you will see is what Kenny Omega apparently has mastered and that's the ability to tell a story. And this was the first time I've seen Kenny Omega really tell a story with just his movement. Yeah, and and Again, if you notice, like there are certain things that he eliminates from this match, yeah, that he has in other matches. So there aren't fifty V triggers, right? Right. You know, there are some. There's more than one, mm-hmm. but there aren't fifty. Right. You know, he doesn't try and hit the one winged angel, but one or two times. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, so again, he he tells. I mean, this to me, this is it's as almost as good as Cody versus Dustin, right? Ooh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, to, to me, if, if if you're gonna tell, if you're gonna rank matches, I don't think that gets any higher. I think that's your your ultimate ultimate match, and this one based again off of everything that went into this, mm-hmm. that we've been waiting for this for a year. Right, a year, and now we get it, and they 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 just literally put up. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Put up. Uh, uh, it's like a ballet. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like a Broadway play that people are going to watch over and over and over again. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those things where. This was what we've been hoping for from AEW's matches for a long time. What we finally, finally get a chance to see. And that's just, uh, Brian, maybe you worded it right. Maybe ballet is the right way to word it because it's got to be something that captivates, that pulls you in. Um, you know, it's got to be something that, that really makes you pay attention and really makes you go, wow, these guys... These guys have it, you know, right. as as Jericho would say. They've got it. And yeah. that was the matchup that we saw with them was just – it was stunning because, one, Omega didn't have to let Adam Page look that good. It could have – he could have been like, you know what, this needs to be – if I'm going to win this, this needs to be me, you know, taking charge, taking command, and – not giving him an inch. But instead, it was very unselfish, and he let Adam Page look great. Yeah, well, to me, this sets up for the future, right? Right. So I said it told a story, mm-hmm. and I've, I said it's not over. Right. Right? So I can very easily see that Omega gets it from Moxley, mm-hmm. whether it's February or before or after. And somewhere down the line, we're going to get Page versus Omega 2. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Probably for the title. And that'll be for the title. Mm-hmm. And that'll probably be when it goes from Omega to Page. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I think this, I think the match, I mean, it does so much for both of them, yeah. right? So it's going to keep Kenny going down the, the heel path ever so slightly. But with this kind of match, Paige's stock jumps exponentially. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He now has shown America and the world that he can go toe-to-toe with the best in the business right here, right now. Well, And, and so now people can put their faith in Paige that he's not so much like a, not really a comedy act, but, you know, the beer and the drinking and all this other stuff. He doesn't need it no more. Right. He's right. a legit. Last night made him a legit superstar mm-hmm. in the world of pro wrestling. Yeah, with with what he was able to bring to the table last night, we finally got to see uh, Adam Page at his best. Um, and right. not to say that he's been awful, because he's been great, but right. we've got to see Adam Page truly do what Adam Page should be able to do. And uh, we really right. got a chance to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, again, uh, while one star was made, another was born. Mm-hmm. And you don't get to see that, but every so often, yeah, you know, in, in, a, in a wrestling match. And I don't care what anybody else in the world says. I don't care, you know, who gets on their little Twitter feed and tweets out whatever, you know. One star was made and mm-hmm. one was born in that in the opening contest of Full Gear last night. Yeah. And, I mean, with Kenny Omega now, we can see that there's a need for somebody to be opposite Kenny Omega. There wasn't one for right. a while. There wasn't a who's going to be his foil, who's going to be his rival. Now we have to have one. And, right. honestly, I don't think Moxley's that guy. I, I mean, no. he can be, but I don't think he is. Yeah, I, again, I, I think I think Omega gets it from Moxley. Yeah. I think um, uh, Moxley is probably going to, you know, again, there, there's a third show coming. Yep. Uh, something tells me that they have plans for it, whether it's, you know, they do, do a lot more hardcore style matches. Mm-hmm. So maybe the third show will be more hardcore. You know, because they do have some some hardcore people in there as well. So, um, you know, who knows? But I, I think Moxley and Omega will go for a while. But I think ultimately Omega wins. And, folks, right now, if you're tuning in, we are live at C2CRadioShow.com. We're live at YouTube.com uh, through PW247 Radio's live YouTube stream. If you can see us right now, you see myself, you see Brian, and we're talking about Full Gear. Um, it's been a great opportunity for us to grow in as fans as we've seen different things unfold with, uh, with AEW. And one of the things that really has shown great promise has been John Silver in Orange Cassidy. Now, Orange Cassidy is no stranger to being very, very popular. Um, in the indies, uh, Orange Cassidy is hes already over. And as Steve Austin would say, he's over like Rover. Um, we've seen him take on Chris Jericho. We've seen him take on everybody. And realistically speaking, he could have been TNT champ. 
that he really could have been. If he had won the title from Cody, we'd have been okay with that. So if, mm-hmm. if he had won the title from Brody Lee, maybe not, because I think Brody had a better story with Cody. But with what we've seen, what we didn't expect, and maybe that's just because with John Silver, we hadn't seen it outside of Johnny Hungy. Um, but we see number four of the Dark Order, Sonny Chase's favorite group, the Dark Order, and uh, yeah, John Silver is a freaking beast. You you don't get you don't get much better than a guy like John Silver. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the only thing is his height. You know? Yeah, uh, he's a lot shorter than the rest, but um, he can definitely wrestle. I'll tell you what my and kids said is, when they saw him. What's that? So Juliet, my uh, my youngest daughter, is watching it, and she loves watching AEW with us. Um, every weekend that they're with me, I'm, I'm watching something wrestling-wise. So AEW, of course, is this weekend's pick. And she goes, who's the midget? Sorry, Johnny. I'm sorry, Johnny Hungy. I'm sorry. And then she was you actually remarking at how strong he was after that, so. Well, you should have made her write, like, I will not talk bad about the dark water like 500 times. <laughs> I did get grape Kool-Aid out, though. I found some Kool-Aid for her to drink. Uh, Evil Uno, I-, I found his cameo. So if I got to make it happen, we can make a FaceTime happen. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, Sonny, you're Yeah, next. so. <laughs> got it. Um, but. Silver, as, as I mean, he's always performed. Yeah, very even much in so. a tag match. Mm-hmm. Uh, until last night, he was two and zero singles. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's not a slouch in in the ring, and he is very strong. I mean, when he was holding Orange up with the one arm, that was uh, insane. Yeah, most times with a gorilla press slam, you see the guys post up on the shoulders. You see him kind of push and put a hand there. Uh, Cassidy may have touched his shoulders simply because he has the reach there, but that was all yeah. John Silver, and that had that, yeah. that had to hurt the sternum too because that's pretty much where he had his hand placed. Yeah, it didn't look like he was pressing off the shoulder much. Yeah, so I was impressed. I mean, uh, Silver moves with lightning quick speed. The kicks he's delivering are. I mean, when you see the guy move, you don't know he's this fast. He's like a bullet. And watching him dart around the ring, I already knew that Orange Cassidy was quick. I didn't know that Orange Cassidy was actually not quick enough to keep up with John Silver. And that's exactly what we saw, was that John Silver could actually outpace Orange Cassidy. And no one to this to this point has been able to do that. Yeah, um... He, he he was fast. Um, so I wasn't quite uh, sure how this match would go, mm-hmm. uh, especially at the start there where, um, you know, he, he go Orange Cassidy puts his hands up and he's getting ready to put them in his pockets. And that was hilarious. Silver's, yeah, and yeah. Silver's like trying to use his brain to stop him. Yeah. Um, but. You know, once uh, Silver got him on the ground and rips the pockets out, you know, it, it oh. almost like it puts him on even, <laughs> an even, even 
Oh, you, left, you left field. out a step, buddy. You left out a step. He ate the pockets. <laughs> he well, ripped them yeah, out of his but, pants, and he ate some. <laughs> but but it's almost it's almost like the urn and the Undertaker. You know, once he oh, rips yeah, the yeah. pockets out, you know they're they're on even even Stevens now. You know, so yeah, yeah. Um, I did think it was entertaining. Um, again, it, it's it's. I, I guess he tells a story because I imagine once Brody Lee comes back and I think he's out for a COVID scare or something, um, you know, he's going to, he's going to beat the tar on the silver, you know? Yeah. Um, for losing, you know, yeah. For not just losing, but for, for being the, the mouthpiece of, of the dark order really <laughs> while he's gone, you know, cause even Wendy's is, is, you know, texting about Johnny Hungy. Um, <laughs> That might be my so, favorite. Uh, my favorite piece, by the way, is Johnny Hungy. Yeah, Johnny Hungy. Um, but he is very entertaining. The two of them together were entertaining. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was a really good match, honestly. And it's. I to me, it surprised me because I didn't think he'd keep up. Yeah. So because Orange Cassidy has a different speed than probably anybody else. Well, that's what I've noticed is that, like, when he worked with Jericho, he worked slow with Jericho. He kind of let Jericho take the lead. And then when it was his time and he was, it was time for him to run, and he ran. Like, he was sprinting. <laughs> and you're like, damn, how does what, – what the hell just happened? What happened? Uh uh, we're not getting we're not getting product placement. So I know I'm trying to be careful uh, when I take a sip. You just see the straw, like. Hey, looky there! I got a straw. Hey! Oh, it's a red straw. Looks great on camera. Great on camera. So, yeah. Um, I said it in the C two C chat, and I'll say it again. This may this may have been the sleeper match of the night. This may have. I mean, it blew me away. I was like, holy hell! These guys can really move. I was really impressed. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't I don't know about the sleeper because it's hard to be a sleeper when you have like uh you know in, in my mind four mm-hmm. matches ahead of you. Um yeah, you know if I was true. gonna rank the pay per view, maybe a fifth, but it right. was I think it was the most entertaining mm-hmm. yeah. uh, of them. So Yeah, I think we've seen that AEW is uh well, more than up to the task. <laughs> to bring it to the table for matches, match of the year, match of the night kind of candidate. Um, so let's go back and forth here on the next matchup, which was the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes against Darby Allen defending the TNT title. Um, hmm. Brian, why don't you start with this? I'd love to hear your take really? on this matchup. Yeah. Uh. I think it's I think it's uh, exactly what AEW needs. Okay. Right. So Co- Cody's a, a bona fide legit star. Mm-hmm. Right. But one of the one of the complaints about AEW, right from from the the bobbleheads and the the Twitterverse and all Not this the stuff, bobbleheads. It is how Cody. And I just don't get it. Like, has these great matches with people, but when he wins, he supposedly is, you know, stopping their careers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's squashed. You know, they just don't understand the terminology. But 
I think I think it's a good thing that Cody held this title for so long. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that don't know, Brody Lee wasn't supposed to win, and the only reason why he got it was because Cody went and did other things. Yep, Cody had so, a, a TV show booking. Right. If he wasn't TV show booking, he still he would have been TNT champ without the Brody Lee. And even Brody Lee says he wasn't supposed to win. Um, but to me. This is this is more of a homegrown star, right? Of course, he was on, on the independence, but I'll have to admit, if I had heard his name, if you'd show me a picture and said who's this, I wouldn't have been able to do it mm-hmm. before AEW, right. right? But through this year, he's worked his butt off. He's given us stellar matches. He has given us great promos. Um. I think he deserves this. I think he deserves a nice lengthy run. I think this is exactly where this belt needs to be on uh, Darby Allen and let Cody go be Cody Rhodes in the heavyweight yeah. uh, uh, lineup. Um, again, I, I think it was it's just that time. Well, I feel like... Pass that belt on. Yeah, I feel no, like... No, just uh, to pass it on. With Darby Allen, people forget just how good their first matchup was. Um, and that's not just Darby. And I think maybe there should be a new hashtag of LOL Cody wins, by the way. You know, how it used to be <laughs> LOL Cena wins. Because here's the thing. <laughs> Cena didn't have the golden shovel, and neither does Cody. If there's a guy that cares about that roster in AEW more than Cody, you won't find one. I don't believe there's one. Cody right. wants everybody to be successful. And, and Darby Allen, let's face it, Darby had some close calls where he could have easily been retired. This is before right. he even got to AEW. So there's a reason that Cody says that he was the one guy to stick up for him. Because probably everybody else thought he was nuts. Well, uh, you know, not just that, but there's something special about Allen, right? Yeah. There really much. is. Yeah. There, uh, I'm, I may not be the biggest fan, but I'm at least willing to admit there's something something special about this kid. You know, from the Halloween costumes that were put up mm-hmm. all over the internet to the little the little montage of pictures of people face painting. Right. right. You know, it, it almost kind of reminds you of the late '80s when Sting goes national. Mm-hmm. You know, from uh, what was it, UWF or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, he goes and joins WCW. And he becomes like this huge star. Mm-hmm. People can relate to Darby. He's yeah. got the package. He, it, he may be a little bit on the skinnier side, but he can wrestle with larger people. Um, they put on a great match. I was I was very shocked that he won. Um, however, I do think it's a good thing that he won. Um, not to take anything away from Cody, but it's nice that when you pass that title on, especially after building it to a certain level, it lets somebody else take it to the next level. Well, and plus, I think that's what Darby does. Plus, I think it was a mistake in and of itself to have Cody removed from the heavyweight division. And I think it was a honestly, while I understood part of it, I still think it's a stupid move to have him say, I'm never going to challenge for the world title. But if you noticed during the introduction, 
Excalibur actually says, I wonder if Cody Rhodes can challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship. And I was like, damn, that's slick. Tony Khan just yeah. won an award for me. <laughs> so so even even Rob, because Rob came over last night. Rob was watching it. Yeah. Even me, even me and Rob were discussing that. Like, you know, because you have the one uh, interview where he comes back and he's like, I put on 14 pounds. Right. You know, I, I'm now a heavyweight, you know. I'm a heavyweight now, you know. And then if you go back and think, it's Cody cannot wrestle for that world title anymore. Right. Well, after last Wednesday, technically he's not Cody no more. He's Cody Rhodes. That's the best part. That's really yeah. the best part is like, oh, I'm Cody Rhodes. Cody. No, no, no. Cody. Cody yeah, but he's me? not here. Oh, yeah. no, Cody Rhodes. That was a skinny dude on back. Yeah, I'm Cody Rhodes. I'm, you know, <laughs> was that do his hair black or something. Yeah, oh, color his hair black. He could, he could pull like, uh, uh, what was the Hulk Hogan one where he was in the mask? Oh, Mr. America. Yeah, so he could pull like a Mr. America without having to wear the mask. You know, no, no, Cody. I think uh, I, I just saw Cody down that way. You know, you can point to <laughs> down the hall, dye his hair black or something. He's, I'm Cody Rhodes. I don't know who this Cody is. It's kind of like Wendy Stevens. You know what I'm saying? Hey, be Who's careful. Who's Wendy Stevens? Well, it's like Beetlejuice. Yeah, but be you careful. just missed him. Yeah, you just missed him. He's he was just here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with with Cody, he belongs in the main event scene. Um, yes, it's a mistake to not have him in that role. And I get it; he didn't want to be selfish, and and we were all f- afraid that maybe AEW would take that route and say, "Okay, well, Kenny's going to be champ, and Cody's going to be champ." But they didn't. They took a different direction, and they made sure that there was everyone involved. Right. That's something that-, that that they can benefit from. Yeah, and now the the ones that you know didn't get a chance last year, or mm-hmm. you know, look like they're going to the forefront, and so uh, you know, it's a good thing. I, I like the way they set that up. I like that they didn't all get the titles at one time, and um, you know, it was just a an elite at the top of every yeah. every ladder. I mean, I think we would have understood. If they did that, I don't know that there would have been a lot of um, a lot of complaining per se. I think a lot of people would have been like, "Oh well, yeah, of course the elite's going to be at the top of the card. Of course they're going to main event." Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, we want to make sure that there's something different here. We want there to be um, a different flavor to what we provide. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I again, I thought it was great storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I again, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a big fan. Let me just say that I am a fan, but I'm not a big fan of Darby Allen. And I am very happy though that he does get the opportunity to become the face of TNT and take that title to the next level. Yeah, yeah. So that. Kid, it's all on you now. So it's good to see a guy. Show the world. It's good to see a guy like uh, like Darby Allen get a chance because you know coming from a very modest start in Evolve, where um, I think a lot of people just weren't expecting his star to be on the rise like that, even though it became that way. 
Um, I think a lot of people just weren't expecting it. To see his matchup with, with Cody was really good. Um, now, what happens after that? Here's what I hope that they don't do. Don't put the TNT title on Brian Cage. If you're going to keep him feuding with Team Taz, put it on Ricky Starks. That's my that's my hope. Well, yeah, so I, 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 I hope um, that TNT title will be treated kind of like the TV title was yeah. back in WCW, NWA. Yeah. You know, so you have the... the the up and coming stars, yeah, get that. You know, somebody like to me, somebody like Brian Cage, who was a, a world champion in another federation. Um, to me, he doesn't need to be TNT champion. Right. A guy like Ricky Starks, a Will Hobbs, you know, um, an Orange Cassidy, those type of guys should be the ones fighting for that title. I like Will Hobbs, man. Um, yeah, you you kind of spotted you called him out first. You said, mm-hmm. "No, this kid, this kid is special. He's got something." And uh, yeah, he surely does. Yep, and you know it's almost a shame because as soon as I saw him, you know, on the on the UCW chat mm-hmm. with us and and Devore, I was like, "Look, dude, <laughs> when this is over, you need to call this guy up. You need to get him up here to Virginia." You know, you need to you need to bring him up. He's he's got it. He's got something, and that really wasn't. I mean, it was a, a good match, but it wasn't a great match. But it's just something about this kid. I mean, you can just look at him and be like, "Whoa, he's he's got some." I can't put my finger on it. I can't place it yet, but he's got something. Yeah, a, a lot of what we've seen with AEW is they've discovered a way to keep not low-level, but low-profile talent in a spotlight. And Will Hobbs, a guy his size and his raw ability, um, honestly, you could see this guy in NXT or even on the main roster in WWE easily from his size and his athleticism. He's the kind of guy that Vince would be like, that's good. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you know you'd see. And and I'm okay with that because he will eventually – be a star no matter what he does. But I think his star is better placed in AEW. Well, I, I, I think this way it gets to grow organically. Whereas in NXT or the, the main roster, I think they might would try and force him. Yeah. You know, down a certain path that may or may not be what he, what he needs. Um, because again, so he comes out after Team Taz jumps Darby Allen to make the save, right? And I mean, you know, in the in the near future, he's probably going to turn, right? Because Taz is yeah. pretty adamant. You, you know, I, I I told you, you know, we want you on Team Taz, mm-hmm. but he keeps making the saves. Well, something tells me one of these times when you know when Ricky Starks is facing Darby Allen. He's probably he's probably oh. going to turn, and you know, uh, but, but that kind of reeks of the hurt saying? business. I'm just saying. Well, to me, it's not really a hurt business. It's it's just a, a you know a good a good feel. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. to me, it's a good placement for him to be with Team Task. Uh, and plus, everybody else has like uh, families and 
factions and yeah, six-man yeah. teams and everything else. Very quietly, AEW has built up a pretty impressive roster of factions. <laughs> I'm just yes. saying. Yeah. Um, and nobody pays attention to it either. Hardly anybody pays attention. No, no, they just they just somehow appear all of a sudden. Like Eddie Kingston's yeah. group, nobody has come out there and said, why are these people not all champions? Even though they should. Right. Because, I mean, you're talking about the Lucha Brothers, Eddie Kingston, Butcher and the Blade. Dude, come on. And Allie. Yeah. Yeah, and Allie, yeah. So after um, Darby Allen wins the TNT Championship and gets the holy snot kicked out of him by Team Taz, we find out that the natural nightmares, QT Marshall and Dustin Runnels, Dustin Rhodes, are going to be taking on the Butcher and the Blade in the Bunkhouse Stampede match for this coming Wednesday's Dynamite. Now, it wasn't really clear at first that this was a tag match. Um, when Dustin first kind of announces that this match is going to be taking place, he kind of says it where it seems like Dustin and the Butcher are going one-on-one. But then we actually find out it's not really that. It's going to be Dustin and QT against Butcher and the Blade, which I think as far as... A bunkhouse stampede match? Uh, yeah, I'm in. Let's see it. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm pretty sure a bunkhouse is come as you are. Anything goes. Um, a lot of times they're in uh, blue jeans and T-shirts, and mm-hmm. they got the, the tape fist, and it's a good old-fashioned just uh, beat-em-up type match. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, the butcher and the blade in this type of environment. Yeah. Which now that we brought up the butcher, I did think when Kingston was cutting the promo that he did kind of remind me of uh, a Doctor Robotnik from Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> I really? don't know why Doctor. Yeah, Robotnik. the glasses. Yeah, the oh, glasses yeah, yeah. he was wearing. Yeah. His, his mutton chops uh, were a little bit more pronounced. I was like, uh, when did Dr. Robotnik come through? <laughs> so, as it stands right now, and of course this is courtesy of WrestlingHeadlines.com, our folks over at Lords of Pain, uh, Ty Conti and Red Velvet going head-to-head on Dynamite this coming Wednesday. Pentagon Jr., who is now being called... Uh, Pent? Pentagon L. Sorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a twist on his name a little bit. Versus Ray Phoenix. Now, now, this is a rematch from the tournament, which, let me just tell you, if you missed the first matchup between these two in this tournament, uh, tune in, because this matchup was amazing. Uh, the Natural Nightmares in the Butcher and the Blade in a Bunkhouse Stampede match. All this leading into the AEW Women's Championship match. Now, before we get too head into... This uh, this matchup because I definitely want Brian and I to go through it. We find out on the tenth of November, AEW has an announcement coming, and it's coming from. Wait, wait, wait! wait. Come on. What about the pay per view, man? <laughs> what pay per view? There's a pay per view. <laughs> I mean, are we going to do part B next week or? Are we still on the pay-per-view? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is just where the announcement oh, okay. just happened to fall in. Oh. So before oh, we so get... Oh, you're looking at... They yeah. wrote all that crap in there. Well, yeah, and plus I remembered it, so I wanted to bring this up, and we can touch on it more later. Um, we find out that AEW's video game division, AEW Games, 
has an official announcement coming on the 10th of November, which is Tuesday of this coming week, we should know a lot more because apparently there's not just one. We'll right, there's this. mobile consoles and I think one or two others. They're, apparently they're looking at possibly doing a PC game, which, yeah, yes. One, well, one of them, according to the con, may involve you being general manager. So you would have a mobile, you would have a, 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 a regular 2K style, Yep. Um, and then you would have the general manager. Which is, um, which is funny because a lot of people have complained that the uh, GM mode from 2K was removed, and uh, they, they, <laughs> they didn't pay attention, so now AEW's like, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. So, but they're all separate, right? So this isn't part of a mode for right. one of the other games. This could possibly be its own game. Now, Kenny Omega's done a great job about being very hush-hush about the game, so I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm really anxious to find out what this news is because I have confidence that a gamer like Kenny Omega is going to do right by us. He's going to do right by us, Brian. Sure. Why not? <laughs> they all do right by us. That's, that's a lot of faith you just put out there. So... AEW Women's Championship, Nyla Rose challenging Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's title. Um, I said early on that I was really, really impressed with how much Nyla Rose has improved over the course of the the few months that it's taken to get her back into the title picture. Um, I like what Shida has done as champion I was fully expecting Nyla Rose to become women's champion tonight, uh, last night. And I'm going to echo those. I was almost, almost like, eh, you know, to me, if this was a throw, if there was a throwaway match, this would have been it. Because this is the only one that I was really 100% sure of the outcome, you know, in Nyla Rose. Um, I you, you just knew she was going to beat Sheeta. Um, boy, was I wrong. Because Sheeta, I, I, I guess they wanted her to look very strong as a champion, and to me, that's that's what they got. To me, Nyla was on the receiving end of the beating which was very odd, I guess. Yeah. Seemed oddly I mean, Yeah. Uh, I mean, Nyla's been beat before. Riho did it. Sheeta's done it. But the first time uh, Sheeta beat Nyla, uh, she had to, she had to really work for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she would, Nyla just walked her and, it looked like uh, she earned it this yeah. time around. Whew, Sheeta looks so strong to me and, and I'm going to have to admit, oops, sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. You're fine. Oh, okay. I was going to, I was going to say Nyla, I'm, I'll echo it just like you. It looks like she has been training mm-hmm. her butt off. It was a nice smooth match for her. Um, I think she looked good too. It's about time too because she has so much potential. She's just she's very popular, 
and she's very talented. And to see her come into her own, I, I really feel like last night was almost just like a, a, what do they call it, a coming out party for her because she was just right. that good. And and Sheeta has been phenomenal as women's champion, making all of her challengers look not just credible but strong. But to see her kind of take the fight to Nyla Rose in a way that, I mean, wow, I, I didn't expect that. And sh- and Nyla sold like nobody's business for her to make everything look just so strong. Um, the only gripe I have with this match is the aftermath where this is, this is something where production will probably work with them and try to clean it up as they go forward. But Nyla is in there. She's got Vicky screaming at her, and she says, slap me. And it's, it's clear as day. It's Everybody can see it. And, of course, Vicky's like, okay, wham! Just, just collides with Nyla's face with her hand. Um, and to me, that's something where the camera guy, that's not Nyla's fault. That's not Vicky's fault. That's the camera guy has to back up just a little bit because if you had just taken that microphone that's on that camera back just a, a few steps, it could have looked like she said anything. Right. You know? But for all we know, it was improvised, right? So Vicky Very was true. supposed to yell, yeah, you yeah. know, be yelling at her because I, I think we're about to get the Nyla Rose face turn. Yeah, yeah, which I think so too. I think will be, yeah, very interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows? Maybe Nyla was like, you know what? Screw it. I want this to look good. Smack me. <laughs> you know? And it did. It looked good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying so, to put it down. It's just, right. you know, Nyla is in that role, and I think it's just for her, it's unfamiliar territory where she's like, oh, wait, I kind of have to have to take the lead here. And and right. it's just that's a camera guy being a little too close, and Nyla just maybe, and I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not her. I'm not in her position. I'm on the other side. So I'm saying, well, this is all stuff you can re- remember after the fact, and when you do it again because it'll happen again, it's going to look right. better, and it's going to look different. Right. Yeah, but again, again, I thought Nalu was was great. She was solid. Uh, there weren't a lot of miscues or anything like sometimes accompanying her. Um, and uh, I, I'm just really shocked that they let Sheeta be so strong. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Too. I absolutely love Sheeta. But the, mm, when yes, she come out and started bl- going to blows with Nyla, it was like, oh, uh, this is different. Yeah, seeing so. Shido just really lay in was like, whoa. Mm. And then that top rope Falcon's arrow, good God. Um, mm-hmm. For Nyla Rose to be able to move like that, tremendous. For Sheeta to be able to say, you know, we're going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then Sheeta takes a pounding towards the end and you're like all right cool here's where nyla takes the belt and i think mm-hmm. i think all of us would have been like yeah it makes sense but no they, right. they played it better and so honestly i kind of want to see what happens what happens when Sheeta turns it up just a notch and turns and Riho has to challenge her i i want to see that mm. uh so but who knows when that'll be with yeah very true the great covid but covid um, kills another one uh, yeah, as you almost, as a joke. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> you almost wonder if this one isn't going to start uh, Sheeta getting a little um, conceit in her. 
Yeah. You yeah. know, like almost like you can see her on Wednesday being like, uh, look, uh, I'm running out of opponents. Yeah. Who's who's I'm next? Everything. Yeah. I've beaten everybody. You know, who, who wants, you know, who wants a piece, you know, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think she was very physical to pull it off. So we're going to I want to I want to get your OK with two things. I need us to back up a little bit and point out something that happened in Kenny Omega and Adam Page. The other thing uh, well, is, let's let's just we'll, I know where you're going with it. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to touch on is we've got the tag title matchup, which is in chronology chronologically. There we go. Try saying that uh, chronologically is what's next. But looking at the clock and looking at how much time it's going to take us to break this down. I wonder if perhaps we should go through the deletion and MJF and Jericho and then do the tag title match and Moxley and Kingston. Oh, well, I, I just, whatever you want to do All right. is fine. We just, uh, if you want to do the deletion and MJF and Jericho, that's fine. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we're going to do this fast forward style as far as those two, not because the matches were bad because they weren't, they were actually really good. But because I want to make sure we dedicate the appropriate time to each each segment. <coughs> First off, the elite deletion. Um, I wasn't sure what we were going to get out of this because it seems like Matt Hardy is, and this is outside of what he's done in AEW, uh, a little confused about what he wants to be, whether it's broken or extreme, or you don't know how hard it is to be Matt Hardy. You know, when when you look at all of those ways that he's kind of branched out, sometimes I wonder if he gets gets con- confused or just lost in what he wants to be. So when the deletion came, I said, wow, maybe this is how Matt Hardy ends Matt Hardy. But what we really saw was a reintroduction to broken Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara getting the dog piss knocked out of him for the last half of that matchup. It Because yeah. at first it's the inner circle and, and Sammy, and I'm like, oh, well, okay, private party comes to the rescue, and you're like, uh, I don't know. But then all of a sudden it gets crazy. It's like, here's Gangrel, and here's a hurricane. And I'm like, what the hell are they Listen, doing? So... I think it was. I think it was good. You know, again, it's one of these cinematic matches. Uh, these things are always a toss-up. Either they're good or they're bad. Only one or two have been like excellent. But because again, me and Rob talked about this. I think when they threw Shane into the water the second time, mm-hmm. you know, so he goes to the hurricane, then he goes to the reporter dude. And then he goes back to Hurricane. Well, what should have happened, because, again, it is the uh, lake of uh, deletion, whatever, lake of rejuviation or whatever it's called, <laughs> The right? lake of reincarnation. Yeah, that's it. So when he gets thrown in, he should have come back as Sugar Shane from uh, 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 three, three, count. Uh, what, three Count. Yeah, Everybody goes down would, for the three count. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, I think they missed a golden opportunity there. The the first time he goes in, just for the longtime fans who you know they would have marked out because they would have gotten it. Maybe you could have gotten um, 
what was the other guy's name? Um, Gangrel? The, the other one's with him. No, no, the other one's with uh, Shane in, in the... Oh, Evan and uh, Evan and, and yeah. uh, uh, Shannon. Yeah, how cool would that have been if they had been there all dressed in the white and I'd have started so singing? Hard. I know, man. It would have been great. I'd have been like, that's been... money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, I do think I do think they missed the opportunity there. But the, the match to me is kind of – you know, again, bordering on this may not be so good for right, a cinematic right. match mm-hmm. until the garage door goes down. Right. And they're inside, and it's just Matt and Sammy. And, I mean, Sammy takes the one bump to the back of the head that oh. splits him open, and then he gets that the shot in the side of the head with that chair. Oh, yeah. Um. And it, you know, in, in, in a story fashion, it's a great way to end that if they're going to end it. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've both drawn blood. Um, this would be the rubber match, right? So one, two, three. I think this is the rubber match. So this is the third one. Um, hopefully we'll see Matt stick with private party a little bit more. Yeah. As a coach mentor. And that way, you know, you don't get to, but so many of his personas. Um, but, you know, and the bad part is I'm, I, I look at the, the feeds on Facebook and Twitter and they're like, oh, my God, this match. They were so violent in this match. And I was like, what are y'all talking about? They barely touched each other, you know, for, for a wrestling match. Yeah, that that was where I was like, well, um, okay, I guess I get what you're saying, but this was this wasn't that. This was this was a, a way of them finally ending the story between you know both guys, and I was okay with that. Yeah. Now um, they should have shown what they did with the trash can too. Now we know oh, it's yeah, not in the yeah. trash can when it's loaded on the truck, right? right. But it would have been nice if they like dumped it somewhere, you know, threw it in the lake or dumped it down a hole or, you know, something like that. But yeah, I think, uh, I think that was a lost opportunity, um, as far as storytelling there. Um, because with what we saw, with what we had there, I, I just feel like, yeah, this could have been a little bit better, a little bit more. Yeah. But again, it wasn't bad. But yeah, could have mm. been a little bit better. Yeah. So MJF, MJF and Chris and Jericho. Jericho. Um, first off, what possesses um, Chris Jericho to continue to do just some of the insane stuff that he does in the ring? I I don't know. He is just so good, man. Just so good. And we get a chance to see. Uh, Jericho at perhaps what might be not necessarily the end of his career, but getting close to, okay, I'm going to probably wind it up a little bit and get ready because I see a lot of MJF taking over inner circle. My main takeaway from this matchup was the ending, and I thought to myself, what's going to happen here is MJF is going to 
turned the inner circle against Jericho and take it over from the inside. Well, so if you notice, at the very end, MJF holds the ropes for Jericho. Yeah. And then MJF looks at the camera. And winks. And he winks. Yeah, yeah. Like, I got it. Mm-hmm. It's mine now. You know, so now who knows? Maybe maybe there's a Fozzie tour coming up. Uh, maybe, again, maybe it's time to turn Jericho face. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons going into this. Maybe he is going to wind down his career a little bit. Um, I thought it, I thought it was a good match. Um, Jericho being, you know, the goat right now. Right. Um, you know, he gets away with doing all types of silly stuff that you wouldn't think he'd be able to do, but he does. Um, I, you know, though, I will have to say this, although you, you, kind of see the implosion of the inner circle coming up um i am more interested in wardlow and um <laughs> forget Jake his name hager. uh that's it hager and the stare down because yeah. you know they're going to go at it and you know it's going to be brutal you know it's going to be nasty and it'll probably be the closest thing AEW does to an mma fight I liked uh, I liked Wardlow's confidence at the end. He kind of pops his collar a little bit and just has a little mm-hmm. swagger to him. I'm like, oh, that's that's Wardlow. That's who we should be seeing on TV. That chari- that charisma, as we say. Right. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think it'll be interesting this Wednesday when they uh, when the rest of them are in town and yeah, yeah. you know they got to make the decision on on MJF. And I think Sammy will be the first one kicked. I kind of thought towards the end that what happens if, if MJF says, all right, I can be in, but I don't want in. I was like, that, oh. that would have been great. But oh, that could be interesting, too. Who knows? We're, I guess we're not there. Who knows? We're not there yet. No, all we know is he won a spot. Yeah, AEW, they're going to take another six months <laughs> stretch this eh? out. <laughs> With that storytelling, right? That's what we've all been craving for years. You know what cracks me up about that? And I have complained just as loud as anybody else about this. Like, I don't I don't like necessarily how the Bucks wrestle in matches where it's just high spots. And we're getting ready to mm-hmm. talk about the tag title match. But in the matchup that they wrestled last night, that was some of the best tag team storytelling I have ever seen. And that's twice now that the Bucks have managed to do that. So for those of you that, and hey, I was one of those people, but for those of you that think that the Bucks can't tell a story in the ring, last night proved you wrong in a big, big way. Uh, yeah, so you know me. You know I've been tooting that buck horn for years <laughs> right? box. So, yeah when they were when they were new japan when they were bullet club you know nobody believed me you got to see them the bucks are so much better than they were in impact you know they're top of the world they're the tag team you know the best you know then they go to roh and they team with aj and you know i'm yeah, trying to put it out there even more that match 
shows you why the Young Bucks are truly one of the best in the world. It also showed you why FTR is one of the best in the world. And no offense, I am so glad that the WWE could not realize exactly what they had, and they let them go. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I feel like uh, with with what we've seen with the WWE, they just they couldn't get out of their own way, and um, with what we saw with um, I'm trying to word this right, with what we saw last night with just the way they've managed to pull things together for FTR, um, I almost wish that FTR had gone to AEW and had been in the indies only before that. Because I feel like we've been spoiled by with what we're seeing now and that they're, even though their work in NXT and WWE was good, but, God, they could have been so much better. Yeah, so you almost you know that higher-ups in the WWE watch that pay-per-view. Yeah. Right? Because that's the only way you really get to scout your talent, other people's talent. Yeah. Right. You have to watch. And the, and the boss up top has to watch, you know, the ones that are ultimately going to decide to sign those paychecks. They have to watch, they have to get a feel for these guys. And you almost got to think that after the match, one triple H picks up the phone, calls VKM and says, Hey, you're an idiot. Yeah. You let these guys go. You tried to dress them up as clowns and look what they just did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, Um, I mean, what a mistake to not put those guys at the forefront of your company. Oh, yes. And, And they, AEW, I think, can now officially officially proclaim the renaissance of tag team wrestling. Oh, yeah, You know, is coming back, right? So this is going to be the golden period of tag team wrestling. Because it's not just these two teams. But again, these two teams put on, uh, you know, if if, if you're Leonardo da Vinci for AEW, this is the Mona Lisa of tag team matches. Yeah. Uh, I think this is better than uh, Omega and Page and the Young Bucks, which before last night was the standard bearer for tag team matches in AEW. Well, now you got a new standard bearer. Yeah, I think when you start looking at um, when you start considering tag team wrestling, and you start looking at how how the business has just set up tag team wrestling. And when I say the business, it includes WWE. Tag team wrestling is such a unique beast. It's a niche, it's a niche market. You either love it or you hate mm-hmm. it. There is no in the middle. Mm-hmm. The best tag team matches I've ever seen had high spots where they mattered, had psychology mm-hmm. all over the place, and mm-hmm. their near falls mattered. It wasn't just a right. near fall because you need to make the crowd go, ooh. It was, right. you need something here that that keeps them involved. Right. And what we saw last night, even though, 
They got a little gratuitous with the finishers. Because you know me, I hate that. Quit t- kicking out of finishers. Quit it. But, yeah, but last night seemed like it was different. I don't think they kicked out a lot of finishers last night. I mean, they did the 3D. They did the DIY finish. They did the heart yeah, attack. But so, <laughs> some of those, though, aren't their natural finishers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that would make sense, though. I mean, that's like you, if you're, if you're, um, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, Shane Helms trying to hit the rock bottom on, say, Steve Austin. Right. Just because it's a finisher, it's not your finisher. Right. So right. your finish, you're using it, it's not, shouldn't have the same effect. You see what I'm saying? So some of those, some of those that would technically be finishers, well, they may not have the same effect. And they were, you know, it is a tag team match, and there are only so many, um, so many moves like that. Yeah. You know, um, but I don't think it had as many high spots as it could have. Um, I was kind of shocked the way it ended with uh, Wheeler. You know, the whole time, you know, no flips, just fist. And what's he do? Climbs up to the top rope. And, and tries a 450. a 450. Yeah, what the yeah. hell? And then and he, what, he what? tweets later, no flips. Like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> you just flipped. <laughs> yeah. But what's, what's amazing, though, and this is a hidden part to FTR that hopefully we won't see, is that he can actually pull off. A right. 450. You know, even though he doesn't hit, he pulled off a 450, not from the the security of a turnbuckle, mm-hmm. where if you don't know, it's a little bit tighter in there because you have the, 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 the what you call it, the piece to lock it in, you know, and pull it tight. He did it from the ropes. Uh, you know, he just hopped up there and hit it or went for it and he missed. But, he can do it. So, uh, again, this is this is now your tag team wrestling's standard bear for for what you want. Do you think this was better than Page and Omega against the Bucks? I just told you. I told you earlier. This is this was better. This was Remember? better. This was better. There's there's no doubt. So that was the trendsetter. This is this is it. They picked that flag up and said, "This is why we're both considered the best in the world." This so, this, I mean, if you think about it, this, started years ago with those stupid tweets. <laughs> By Remember? the way, you can go back through being the elite the past two years and see where the FTR started getting shouted in the middle of the videos, like they're filming yes. a commercial as the Bullet Club, and then Cody turns around and goes, "F the revival." You're like. Uh, what? <laughs> yes. It, I mean, it was. I'm pretty sure it was done at R, the ROH show we saw. Mm-hmm. Right? This was. This has been going on for years. Yeah. Yeah. Really. You know. Is. And it. You know. Cease and desist letters. You know. It, oh there's. God, <laughs> there's a lot that, yeah. of history with this, right? And this is something we never thought we'd ever get to see, right? Who's dumb enough to let the revival go? Vince. Who would be dumb enough <laughs> to let the revival go, right? Yeah. 
you know they're not going to hire the young bucks. They've cost them too much problems. Yep. You know, they're going to hold on to the revival. Boom, lo and behold, 2020, a story that's been going on for years. And this could have easily fallen so flat, right? This could have been the worst thing we ever saw. Yeah. But instead, it becomes the new mark for tag team wrestling in the modern era. Yeah, for I mean, AEW. When you look at tag team wrestling, you have expectations that there's going to be a fast pace, that there's going to be, like I said, some psychology, some meaning behind what happens. And you have to, but it's, it becomes explicitly more difficult because of the fact that instead of two guys, you got four. Right. So when you see guys like the Revival, or FTR, excuse me, uh, and you see the Young Bucks, you, you have to start looking at it through a different kind of perspective, at least at first, because what we would usually see with the Bucks is kind of a Lucha Libre style. And it's very choreographed, very much, uh, as Matt Hardy would say, very spot monkey. But not right. really. Not, not last night. Last night we got to see the grit of the Young Bucks. We got to see, you know, Matt and Nick really earn it in a way that we've not seen in a long time. So maybe the right. Jacksons were telling the truth that they just haven't been themselves for a long time. Well, again, I think it's part of the story, right? Mm-hmm. So we talked about it earlier. If the, if the Young Bucks, who, when AEW started, was the best tag team they had, yeah, right. I think we can all agree with that, mm-hmm. right? If they had held those titles, it would have killed the tag team division. Yeah, right, because they they would have overshadowed everybody. So, the, you know, they can't get the win in the tournament. They lose the private party first round, mm-hmm. shocks everybody. You right. know, the, then they lose to Omega and Page, a, a brand new tag team, right? former friends or, you know, friends or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and they just, their record's okay, but it's the middle of the pack, yeah. you know, and now through, through, you know, Hey, you're going to see, you know, you're going to see what the young bucks are all about. You know, we're tired of playing around. We're tired of not being ourselves. You're going to see. So it's, it's very reminiscent of, to me, more their ROH days, a little bit of the Bullet Club days, um, that you finally get to see. I mean, they're not, they are spot monkeys, but they're not spot monkeys. I mean, they can wrestle yeah. when they have to. Yeah. What we saw last night, and, and here's a, there was some subtle shout, you know, homages done, not so subtle, I guess, you know, different ones, to the Dudleys, to, you know, the Midnight Express, to Tully and Arn. But then there were some other ones, like to the Celtics and the Lakers, mm-hmm. the colors of the gear. And it, it was like the best of the best, right? You got that feel right. like right away. But it also reminded me of the Hart Foundation and the Rockers. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was watching a damn time machine at points because really it reminded me of when Marty and Sean and Brett and Jim would go just nasty on each other and fight it out. Mm-hmm. And who the right. hell knew? Who the hell knew that FTR could move that well? Not that they, right. not that they ever had to before. So maybe that's why we didn't know. But damn. Well, again, I, I just think that the that this probably is not just a dream match for the fans. 
Right, right. Right? We we have to admit, on that card, this is a legit dream match. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right? Since FTR has been in AEW, this is the legit dream match we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Right? And honestly, I would imagine in their minds, right, you know, both of them will tell you we are the best in the world. You know, FTR, we epitomize tag team wrestling. You know, the Young Bucks, we, we, we've we been pro wrestling's tag team of the year this many times. We're the best. We're the best. That it's their dream match, too. Right? Because, again, you don't get this but every so often that the best currently going today actually legitimately have a match it doesn't happen but every so often and it happened and i imagine there you know there was pressure on them and they just you know let's just go out there and lay it all on the line and show everybody why we call why we call ourselves the best in the world Yeah, I think that the Bucks really gave us a reason to to believe and, and a strong reason to believe. Um, and FTR proved what we already knew, and that's that they are the one of the best tag teams in the world, bar none. Right. So we go from one of the best tag team matches we've ever seen to a, a, a somewhat difficult to match, to, to watch, I quit match, between AEW World Heavyweight Champion John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, um, over the course of the past few months, we have seen Eddie Kingston literally just cut promos on everything, from a bag of Sour Patch Kids to Skittles to <laughs> to Trick or Treat. To I mean, if you've been paying attention, you've seen that this guy has it on the mic. Now, I have said many times that. Eddie Kingston doesn't necessarily convince me that he belongs in the main event. I've said it. But what I saw last night was a type of grit in a, a baby face Eddie Kingston that I thought I'd never see. And an Eddie Kingston that is vicious and violent that the world's always known. But AEW fans got to finally witness Eddie Kingston at his best. Yeah, so, again, I don't mind Eddie Kingston in the main event picture because I think I think it tells a story with Moxley that Moxley wants to tell, right? So the last few matches with Moxley have been fights, right? He's your world champ. They've, they've been, um, you know, dog fights. They've been hardcore matches they you know and i think eddie gives him that ability to keep going um what are you doing moving something oh okay uh so now you the move you're moving the camera i can't focus uh anyway so i think though that it, it, it like i wasn't expecting kingston to win right but i was expecting a hardcore match, you know. I I, I missed uh, out on a lot of Moxley in his pre WWE days, 
Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot right. of us did. Right. But he was violent. He was vicious. He bled. He would make you bleed. I mean, he was nasty. Right. And I think this just gives him as a, as the champ, the opportunity to build on his credentials. Get your fingers out of my nose. <laughs> um, and, and you can't pull that off with but so many people. Yeah, I, I feel like with uh, with John Moxley and with Eddie Kingston, you get a very special chemistry, a very special matchup between two guys that are very close friends, but also able to to bring it in a way that maybe we just didn't know we we would see. The rest of the world that knew John Moxley before Dean Ambrose, uh, they knew, and and that's okay. Right. What we saw last night was what. What I think you've talked about and what maybe fans that have seen John Moxley before are saying, uh, duh, because what we got to see was a guy that like he was he knows how to how to maximize his character, but he also knows right. how to maximize his minutes in the ring. And Eddie Kingston is that opponent that can make him even better. Now right. I think that what we're gonna see here is Eddie Kingston is going to make the transition to a good guy. I think what's going to happen here is Moxley, when he gets upended, is going to stay a good guy, but Kingston is going to transition to a good guy as well. Uh, you know, I guess that's possible um, because, you know, sometimes Eddie does, um, you know, talk a little trash to his little group, mm -hmm. you know, when they lose or whatever. Right. So it's highly possible one of these times somebody's going to do it to him and, you know, he's just going to get that beat down. Yeah. Um, yeah. But get, for me, getting back to Moxley, what these types of matches for me, if they, they give Moxley a certain air about him. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely. That as a champion – this guy will literally choke you out with barbed wire to keep that title. Yeah. You know, so for the fans, for, you know, perception in the locker room, when you go for this title, it's a fight for your life because you give him an opportunity. He'll choke you out. He'll hit you with, you know, barbed wire. He'll, you know, just he's going to fight you, which is is different than the rest of the roster, because the rest of the roster is going to wrestle you. Well, not your champ. Right. Right. He's going to fight you. So and, he, and he's willing to go through hell to do it. You know, rubbing yeah. alcohol to the back after thumbtacks. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. I went so, so hard. I was like, oh, no. no. <laughs> and, and again, this is this is another another. <laughs> mistake by by the WWE mm -hmm. you know I, I, I've said it before there were certain times when Dean Ambrose was good mm -hmm. but then you yeah. tried to, you tried to make him something he wasn't and he wasn't as good yeah and now look at him he goes to aew and it's it's kind of hard to 
discredit him from being the top title holder in the country. Well, and that's just it. If you look at the top champions right now, and I know that we're over time, so here we're going to close out here in just a few moments. But if you look at just the champions that are out there right now, you've got um, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, which Randy I Orton. think I think they're finally making good progress with Roman. I'm happy with it. Randy Orton, which I think we're all, yeah. Um, you've got the Impact World Champion, Rich Swan. You've got uh, what was usually Okada and is now um, evil. God, I almost mm-hmm. forgot. You got, uh, 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 oh, man, um, the guy from uh, NWA, Nick. Aldis. Oh, Nick Aldis, yep, yep. Yeah. You got all these different uh, I don't people. know who ROH is, is right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> probably Jay Lethal. It's probably a safe bet. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember who it is, though. But, I mean, anyway, you got all these world champions, and, and all of them masters in their craft, top of their class. But John Moxley right now is the guy. Um, it's, nope, sorry, Roman. It ain't you. It's, it is John Moxley. He is one of the toughest. He is one of the boldest and he has no problem he has no problem putting it out there on a microphone in front of the world saying f you f them f that f everybody i'm the champ i'm willing to put it out there blood and guts and and that is that's how the show closed last night was i'll do it i'll do whatever it takes you don't have it i do and i was like that's a statement making matchup right there with john moxley yeah i I mean it's almost like Moxley tricks the opponent into yeah. his style of match. Yep, yep. You know, because you know, if, if I'm Omega, I, I wouldn't want nothing to do with anything hardcore. Right? Exactly. But something tells me by the time we get to February, Omega will have been tricked into yeah, yeah, some type of stipulation that's gonna favor Moxley. Joke's so, on you. You're stuck in hardcore mode. Yeah, Crap! Yeah, yeah. But again, though, he, to me, he, he, it's almost like ECW, mm-hmm. right? So when WCW did hardcore, uh, uh, okay. When right, the WWE right. did hardcore, uh, they were hit or miss, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it wrong. Right, right. You know? When ECW did hardcore, they were spot on. They were right on the money. They proved why they were hardcore. Moxley is the same way. Moxley mm-hmm. shows you every time why he's a champ. He shows you why he's not going to be beat until the time is appropriate. And he will literally play little mind games to trick you into his, his style of match. Because that's where he thrives. That's where he's better than anybody right now. So, Brian, I want to do something new to close this out. Normally, we do the whole social media, and I can do that. I can always throw that in there. But I want to do where we each close with a minute. So I'm going to give you 60 seconds. 60 seconds. It it can be whatever. It can be full gear. Whatever. It can be whatever. It can be whatever. Yep. I'm going to give you 60 seconds. But it doesn't have to be one. Can no, I, no, you can you can dance can around it around? if you need to. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm gonna give you 60 seconds, and you can't say the word bobblehead. <laughs> Just kidding. 
Just kidding. That'd be stupid. Yeah, but just like Moxley, you said it for me. Damn it. Son of a... See how that works? Sucker. All right, so here you go. Brian with his final thoughts. Uh, so I thought it was cool the way Ruby Riot, uh, won her match, that triple threat match. Um, bad mistake by Natalia, uh, for letting go of that hold before, uh, Selena tapped out. Um, for those of you that didn't watch the pay-per-view and for those of you that heard me and Stan kind of put this off, I'm going to beat them to the punch. So last night, not only did we have AEW represented, we had the NWA represented, and we had Don Callis from Impact doing commentary during Omega and Page's match. We also had Callis uh, as part of Omega's uh, promo uh, over the weekend, or last week. So hopefully, sometime next year, we can have a nice big joint three federation pay-per-view. I don't care if you want to do it two nights. I'll buy both nights. I'm sure a lot of the rest of us will. Um, And again, it's something we haven't seen in a long time. New Japan has said they're more than willing to work with uh, AEW now, so maybe we'll get lucky and it'll be like a four Federation pay-per-view in the, in the works um, just to prove who's better than who. Um, so I, I don't know if that's 60 seconds, but I don't have, I don't have, a, I don't have a clock. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> it has been a crazy week of pro wrestling. Yeah. And I think Brian, you have uh, really, really, put a good a good thought process together there so i gotta say i happen to happen to agree with what you're saying there um you know when you talk about what has been going on this week when you talk about all of the different pieces of what we've seen wow it says brian taylor twice on the lower thirds jesus i'll get it right i promise i promise (laughs) i'm so good i say my name twice i'm in it (laughs) You know, pro wrestling is one of those things where if you're a fan, if you know what you like and you know what you love, you stick with it, right? There's going to be guys in the world that love WWE, and that's it. We have those guys in C2C's group chat. We talk to them all the time, and we say, hey, you got to look at this, look at this, look at the AEW. you got guys who who like AEW only, and then they are, are so stuck with what they're saying that they don't want to even look and see. Maybe a okay, yeah, AEW's great, but WWE did do this right or did do that right. Like Brian was just talking about Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot is an underutilized talent. Natalia is an underutilized talent. What we're seeing in the world right now of professional wrestling is people are willing to make their moments count. Even and and I know I'll get I'll get crap for this, but even a Leah Mysterio is making her minutes count. Jim Ross has said it since he started with the Ross Report when he was writing the blog on WWF.com. That's right, even further back, before they were WWE. You have to maximize your minutes. Full Gear last night proved that if you maximize your minutes, you can do a lot with a little. You really can. 
Look at what Orange Cassidy and John Silver did. John Silver has been comic relief for the better part of, gosh, four months. But now we see John Silver in a different light because John Silver can move 90 miles an hour in the ring and he's brutal and strong. Orange Cassidy, when we first got his introduction in AEW, was funny, was deceptively quick. But what we didn't know was that when he would feud with Chris Jericho, that he had a third gear that really just said, whoa, who is this guy? And now we're talking about, let's make him champ. Let's see a belt on him. What we're seeing right now in pro wrestling is probably something we haven't seen in a long time because there's been a lot of fear of being fired. There used to not be another place to go. If WWE let you go, you had nowhere else to go. Well, now you do. And now in Jacksonville, Florida, if you want, you can make your star as big and as bright as you want it to be because you got a group of guys in the back that are patting you on the back saying, go. They're not saying, well, uh, let me give you a bullet point. Wait, 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 let me give you another promo to do. They're saying, just go. And that in and of itself is what has made this week full gear and dynamite leading in so important. So, I mean, yeah, blown away, impressed, loved it. Can't wait to see what they do next. That's it. That, my friends, is our final thoughts here on Full Gear in the week that was. Catch up with Brian over on social media on Twitter at STRCP21. He is the professor of all that is dickweed. He's all there. He's weird. there for your comedic, and, comedic and support. And the future host of a new show on Pro Wrestling 24-7 that we're putting together that is going to cover all types of other fun little topics. Yeah. And now I'm eating a gummy. <laughs> yeah, there's a... Uh... There's a lot coming up on PW247radio.com. We really appreciate everybody that's been checking us out. Um, you know, you've listened to Social Disturbancing. You know, Mad Max has been tremendous. Uh, the, the Diego and Devois show has been unreal. I mean, the interviews these guys are putting mm-hmm. They're doing work, man. They're doing work. Oh, I know. They're doing work, but, it, you know, it's still Devore. Still can't, still can't do Devois. No. <laughs> you can no. catch up with me at Stan Grubb everywhere. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. That's who I am. That's where I'm at. And then, of course, the show at C2C Radio Show. And don't forget to check Rob Hefner out. He's out there on Instagram at RDHUWP. And he's on Facebook. I don't think his Twitter's active anymore. Who wants that stuff? Twitter's a toxic yeah. environment. I mean, literally, you can. Oh, no, nah, nah. I got to stay away from rule number two. Anyway. Yeah. Want to thank everybody. Hey, the madness has stopped. We can move on with our lives. Now it's back to COVID and being locked inside. (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next time right here on C2CRadioShow.com, PW247Radio.com. It's corner to corner time. We're out of here. I'm back. Still can't get it right. Talking through the music. Well, I can't hear the music, so I don't know if it's playing.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.